Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Georgia Gwinnett College. This is your host from the Grizzly Talk podcast, Kennedy Patterson here. And today, this podcast is a little bit different. Yes, I do say a little bit different. If you guys follow uh, Grizzly Talk podcast, official Instagram, Grizzly underscore talk, you guys know about the peaceful protest that was going on today. We're live here at GGC. It's a beautiful Saturday evening. We have students filing in for the Grizzly Talk podcast, of course, and also the peaceful protest. Now, let me tell you a little bit. We're going to get started in the next couple of minutes. But let me tell you how important this protest is. This protest is very important because we're fighting off, of course, fighting off police brutality. And also, we're doing um, honoring George Floyd. We just have, uh, they're announcing some things over there where the restaurant is about. So just got word, they're uh, still waiting on some more students to fall in. So it's very, very important. And let me tell you a little bit about this peaceful protest. As I look at many students, many students are looking at me right now <laughs> and they're asking, what is Kennedy doing with a microphone? But of course, I could not pass this up. I had to come on the podcast and talk about this and cover this. So I don't know if this is going to be an hour spectacular. I don't know if it's going to be two hours spectacular. It just depends on how, um, how we decide to roll with it, of course. Um, back to my original statement. Let me tell you how important this peaceful protest is. We're fighting off police brutality. We're honoring the, the falling for Black Lives Matter. The four, not only the four, but many uh, African Americans that might have fallen from police brutality. We're also fighting for our rights, human rights here in America. A lot of people know that, you know, we're going through a lot of things in America. Whether it's this, whether it's the riots, whether it's COVID-19, we're, we're going through a lot. So that's why this event is something spectacular. Um, so you, you noticed that I've talked about it on the Grizzly Talk podcast. I advertised before it. Um, so what things you can expect? Of course, we've got some guest speakers on this podcast that you'll hear. We have, um, I heard, and I don't, don't quote me, but I did hear uh, a performance will be happening here at the Peaceful Protest. I did hear, of course, a lot of other things going around uh, for this event. Of course, I'll be going around and I'll try to interview some students that feel, uh, you know, if they want to come on the podcast, we'll have them on the podcast. I'm not going to force any student to come on the podcast for sure because, you know, it's, it's, it's a microphone and some people might be mic shy, but uh, we have so many things going on with this grand event. I can't wait to kick this thing off. So just bear with us. We're getting ready to start in the next couple of minutes. Of course, I saw, I saw the uh, resident director, Bakari Benton, is in the building. Well, outside the building, actually. We're not in the building. but Of course, we have Hunter Mosley, the president of the Grizzly Percussion. I had a few words with him about the protest and you know how excited he was about protests. So 
you know, it was, it was a good conversation we had. And uh, I am wearing a mask, so if you guys can hear me correctly and hear me clearly, that's great. If you think I sound a little muffled, I'm sorry. Um, I have to wear a mask today. I have to. Um, I have to wear this mask. A lot of students are wearing masks. The majority of the students here at the protest is wearing masks. I see a whole bunch of students who are rocking with masks. So it's very important that we were wearing masks in this environment. And it's just going to be a very fun time. And I, I hope that, you know, this changes the revolutionary of GDC. This changes the diversity of GDC. This changes a lot of things that you see. So that way, we're fighting for our justice, we're fighting for our peace. That's what this protest is about. And I'm excited. So stay tuned for the peaceful protest as we have more to come later on in the podcast. Stay tuned. Once you guys are checking out these materials, uh, we're going to allocate maybe about 20 minutes to that. Then we have a couple of speakers come uh, speak to everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Georgia Gwinnett College. So, as Norhan says, on the photos, on the back of the photos, are QR codes. And I do see some students taking some pictures doing their QR codes. Um, that's very refor- uh, resourceful. That's really, ra- really thought out that she added the QR codes because it does matter. Um... And, and I'm pretty sure they're probably going to put the QR codes on maybe their social media. So that way for the students who didn't come out to the protest, they'll have that QR code available. Um, students are taking a lot of photos too. Like you guys, I wish you guys could, could see it. Even though this is the podcast, you know, you can only hear it. I wish you guys could see it. Um, so what's going on right now? Give you guys a, a play-by-play, I guess, the interscope here. There, A lot of students are taking wonderful photos of QR codes. Hopefully they post it on their social media so that way they can 
have that as a outlet. And it's really, really amazing. Uh, the QR codes, it links up to Safari, like Norhan says, and give you all the tips because these are some times that we're going to right now. A lot of times they're going through it, you know, emotionally, physically, verbally. It really shows. It really does show. Um, and that's very, very exciting having the students together. Sights and sounds of it. They really have the posters well thought out too. Posters are well thought out. They have the students together. Doing their thing for sure. And I do say, you know, it's a lot of things that goes around for um, with this thing with what's going on in the, in the in, in our community today. A lot of people are doing a lot of verbal, a lot of going through it, you know, uh, mentally, physically, and verbally, like I mentioned before. So hopefully, you guys can see it on maybe their social media. Hopefully, a lot of students would do post their QR codes on their social media so that way you guys can find an outlet um i'll tell you guys a little tidbit for you guys the ggc community i've been going through it emotionally uh mentally and happen to operate my day-to-day operations and still going through what we're going through today and it's just it really is really is something that's that's really going around you know um they really show uh, a, a lot of things for sure and it's it's about getting the students together you know that's what it really is about at um, grand event thus far so like I said like I said before ladies and gentlemen hopefully the students put their pictures on social media with the QR codes Hopefully, GGC put the QR codes on their website. That way, students who may have not come out to the protest today have a way to do, um, have a way to access the QR codes. So, coming up next, I'm gonna try to get an interview with the three students that helped brought this protest together. See if I can get a couple of words with them before we have the guest speakers come up. And later on, there are there will be guest speakers coming up, and I'll record the guest speakers and possibly get interviews with them to see if they what they think about the protest and uh, we'll have more to come later on in the podcast stay tuned all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the podcast for sure um, of course this is a very special podcast they just announced they're trying to get students together because we're getting ready to start so what I'm gonna do is of course I'll record the whole session so that way you guys can hear it um, ladies and gentlemen, I, I cannot express the amount of students that came out to this protest today. Um, it really is something, I would say, spectacular. And I've done a lot of spectacular podcasts in the day for Grizzly Talk Podcast. But this one, this one is something special. So they're getting ready to start in the next couple of minutes. Uh, I'll kind of move around and, you know, kind of do my thing so that way you guys can hear the students hear the voices, the roaring voices, 
Um, so we're gonna get ready to start here in the next couple of minutes. Well, we've been started, but we're gonna have every student towards the front. And like I mentioned before, I try to get all three of the students as an uh, individual interview for the podcast. That's coming up later on. Later on this afternoon. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. The first speaker today is going to be uh, Bakari B, our resident director. Check, 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 check. Y'all hear me out there? Check, check. Y'all hear me out there? Hey, good people, man, good people, good people. Make some noise for yourselves for being here today, man. Please, please, make some noise for yourselves. That's right, that's right. We're here for a great cause today. Uh, like like uh, my boy TK said, I am Bakari V. I'm one of the resident directors here. Um, real quick, man, I want to shout out um, Ms. Norheim, Ms. Nora, and TK. Uh, please give them a round of applause for actually putting this on today. Um, we really, really appreciate y'all, man. I know it's not easy, especially going on a college campus, but y'all took the integrity and the courage to do it. So please shout out to y'all, man. Um, don't stop the fight. We know what y'all about. Res life all day. We love y'all. Thank y'all. I mean, the student affairs is out here as well, so we always got your back like four flats. Never forget that. For sure, for sure. Um, real quick, um, just want to talk about really our journey overall as a, as a unit and as a people and how we can kind of go forward today. Um, I don't necessarily, necessarily excuse me, have the answer, but I do think I have a solution. So um, usually when we try to reach success, we always try to talk about the W. We always talk about the win um, and how we can actually get to that W. Um, who out here is familiar with Michael Jordan, basketball player? Everybody, right? For sure. Um, anybody watched the Last Dance documentary that just came out uh, with him and the Chicago Bulls and everybody? Okay, for sure. Um, so we always talk about the W and how we can get there. And usually Michael Jordan is seen as the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, six, six NBA championships, six finals, six and oh when he goes. Um, but actually nobody talks about the actual Bulls team that he's with. They only speak about him. And not to, to defame his character, but just really speaking on um, how we look at individual goals and how we look at it as a team. So it's always an I and W. It's always, a, excuse me, an I and win. We can always get to the win by ourselves, but you, you really have to think about it and say we can never get to an actual success without a team. So looking at the last dance documentary, you always have a Scottie Pippen that's just as good as Jordan, if not better, that's gonna put itself on the front line to do that. You always have a Dennis Rodman that's gonna get down, dirty, and gritty, that you may not have been on the same team before, but now y'all on the same team and y'all got the same vision that you had before. Or you have a John Paxson that you may not trust at the time, but you know in crunch time, he's gonna get the job done, he's gonna win it for you. Same thing with Steve Kerr, Ron Harper as well. Um, it's the same thing with Shaq and Kobe, it's the same thing with D-Wade and Shaq, same thing with LeBron and Kyrie, and even LeBron and D-Wade. Um, but at that same token, whether your teammates look like Kyrie and LeBron, or they look like LeBron and Kevin Love, or they look like Kobe and Andrew Bynum, or Kobe and Paul Gasol, or even Michael Jordan and Tony K, the same thing applies. If your team is black, white, Hispanic, whatever the case may be, that is your team. So in order to actually get to that W, you have to have a team behind you. You cannot do it alone. Same thing we're talking about today. If there was one person out here, it would be a protest, that's fine. But you see, we came in numbers. We're stronger in numbers, we're stronger together as a unit. So the more we start thinking like that, I think we can possibly get to the end goal. Um, and to my last part, um, to what we always talk about, it takes a village. Again, that team, you cannot do it alone. You cannot do it by yourself. Um, at the end of the day, like I said before, we are here in numbers, and we are stronger in numbers than we can ever be. Uh, to my last point, to share kind of a personal story, 
um, that I experienced actually last night which ties into something that happened last night as well. Um, I was driving around uh, the cookout last night and I was with Raven um, when we were coming back from cookout. Um, and there was this guy that was just parked in the middle of the street, we just stopped. Um, and I was, I was trying, I was asking Raven like, why is he not going? I know it's a green light, he just stopped right there in the middle of the road. Um, so I put up beside him, you know, I'm, I'm kind of paranoid, so I'm thinking it's a scary movie, I, I don't really know, so I'm driving by slow, like, oh, what's going on, bro? He, he's not moving, he's just sitting there, I'm like, okay, maybe he's asleep, so we, we drive through a light, and we're on Lawrenceville, and Lawrenceville, Swanee, so we drive through the light, um, we buck back around, and Raven's like, we should just, you know, go check on him, so I'll go back, come back around, make another U-turn, and I come beside him, um, and I'm, I'm yelling at him, trying to get his attention, he's not answering, I'm beeping the horn, he's still not answering, wherever the case may be, so again, I go past the light, and I'm about to make another U-turn, but then the tow truck basically comes beside the same guy and then wakes him up. So luckily he was okay, but in my mind, I'm still paranoid because in the conversation, Raven had asked, you think we should call the police? And I, I was like, I don't know about that right now just because of the climate that's going on. And I say that because it's not to say that we shouldn't call the police in the time of a pandemic or the time of a crisis, but it's the same thing of Willie McCoy that was shot 55 times in his car for sleeping. I'm paranoid because of things like that and Rashard Brooks that was just killed last night in Atlanta at the Wendy's. So I'm paranoid for situations like that. So sometimes a little civility and humanity can usually save a life. Not saying I saved a life, but the guy in the tow truck actually was the one who kind of got the guy to wake up. You never know what situation can kind of turn about like that. And I say that because in the Rashard Brooks situation, he would sleep at the Wendy's and then of course, you see how that kind of turned out. So to say that, to say all this to say, excuse me, a little humanity and civility goes a long way. But at the end of the day, to actually get to that W, like I said before, got to have a team. We got to do it in numbers. And we're stronger together than we are alone. Um, my, my, my good supervisor, Dr. Boone, would say, keep fighting that good fight. And like I always say from Luke Cage, always forward and forward always. Thank y'all. Those are some powerful words by Bakari. Uh, our next speaker is going to be Jensen. Uh, he's a sports commentator. What's up, y'all? Just want to say I'm happy to be here, support my people. Black Lives Matter. Actually, it's always mattered even before all the recent events and stuff like that. And I just want to say I think, you know, America, we really need a push for probably most likely it's that time. I, I think of like what Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King, what they would have wanted today. And I think they would have wanted. Yo, black folks have their own political party. I think it comes to that time where we can focus on, you know, things in our community and stuff like that, actually fixing the problem. And I just think, let's just keep it 100. If America really cares about black folks, why every time reparations comes up, everybody's silent. So I just think we need to push for our own political party. We need to hold these other parties accountable. Uh, come November, Joe Biden is not just gonna get our vote. He needs to earn that shit. And I think we need to push for reparations. Real talk, reparations. If America cares about black folks, let's get our reparations. Building this country for free. I, I, I don't care about the apologies or, oh, finally you're marching with us in 2020. Reparations, let's fund our businesses so we don't have to commit certain crimes to, to feed our families and stuff like that. So we can feel more confident, do more positive things. Fund the black businesses and give us our reparations. Thank you all, appreciate it. So I was not going to speak, but uh, you know, 
uh, the people who were speaking kind of motivated me to speak. So uh, I'm an international student here at uh, GGC. So uh, like I moved to America about two years ago. So, um, you know, the portrayal that I saw, like, you know, from the outside and how it is actually on the inside was different. So I think also like back in Zimbabwe and even South Africa and other places, uh, there were also like racial problems, you know. Uh, but then the thing is, uh, it's kind of hard, but people had that conversation later on, like, hey, uh, this is what happened and this is what. So, you know, with my experience here, what's been happening is whenever people try to bring about like, you know, racial topics or things like this, people always try to become defensive. Like, yo, uh, it wasn't me, man. Like, we know it wasn't you, but you know, people still need to have that discussion and move forward to know why it happened. You know, it's like, hey, uh, why is there, you know, uh, a large population of black people in this neighborhood? Oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, let's, let's get to have those conversations. They can be a bit weird and tough, but uh, you know, People usually try and focus on the things that, you know, that distinguish us. But if we look at the other side, we have more things in common uh, than we actually think. So I think like what we need to do in America is go beyond, uh, you know, like our ethnicity markers should go beyond just the color. You know, as people who live in the state of Georgia, we should be recognized by the way we speak, the way we talk, you know, not just because, you know, because of the color, like, oh, let's distinguish. So I think for, for the most part, I think people just need to have these conversations, you know. Some people, uh, I had some friends, you know, who didn't understand this whole Black Lives Matter thing, you know, because you have to understand it depends on the type of environment you grew up in. I think, you know, like even the news, it, it, you know, it all just differs which, uh, which news you listen to. So if you have like a friend, you know, just kind of take the time, you know, have that one difficult conversation. I know people don't like things to be a bit more intense and stuff, but, you know, just take the first move and get to talk about it. You know, it would really help going on forward. Uh, thank you. So uh, for this moment, until we wait for our next speaker, uh, we're going to take more time for people to... Oh, okay, our speaker is here. Okay. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Um, so honored to be here. My daughter is a student here. And um, I just had to come out and support you guys. Um, first off, I wanna say, don't be discouraged in your numbers because you are making a statement. You are here, you're, you're making a statement, you've made some wonderful uh, displays and provided great resources. Um, and my name is Olinda Ricard Hodge. I'm a certified peer specialist mental health, which means that I use my own personal experience with uh, mental health challenges, including suicidal activities, to support others, to encourage others, to give them hope. I also do trainings of suicide prevention in the community. So I am so very proud that the organizers thought fit to add a board related to mental health. Because right now, we are all experiencing trauma. Everything that you're seeing that's being displayed even though it's not happening to you personally, it can cause trauma within your soul, okay? Um, and um, I'm happy that, you know, the previous speaker said we're all in this together. We have a diversity of thought, a diversity of skin color, a diversity of ideas. So we should embrace all, because all people are coming together across the world to support us in what needs to be done in the U.S. 
So in that vein, as a Christian, I'm going to share something important that just to encourage you and regardless to what your religious or spiritual beliefs is, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication to whatever God you believe in. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to your God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. For Christians, that's Jesus Christ. But for all of you, know that what you're doing today is going to impact tomorrow. Okay? There's a lot of work to be done in this country. Um, definitely go out and vote. Do what you have to do. But I want to encourage you. Take some time for self-care. Turn off your social media, set it aside, put on some music, some uplifting music, whether that's gospel, whether that's the latest hip hop tune, put on some comedy and take a break from it. It will renew your strength so that you can carry on. If collectively you're coming out here to do this strong protest, collectively organize some things where you can take a break together. Okay, so I'm just really honored, I'm really proud, and you're starting a movement right here in Gwinnett County. So don't forget that. You should document this and continue on and be strong and proud of what you're doing and what you're accomplishing here today. So thank you for this honor to even speak before you. Let's give it up for one more time, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, so before we get more speakers, we're going to take this moment again to uh, for people to take a look around at our boards and uh, do the QR code. So we'll do that for 10 minutes, then we'll come back and for another speaker. Thank you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The first round of speakers, very uplifting and powerful, um, to say the least. Um, you know, my, the R.D. Bakari, shout out to him for a very powerful, very, very powerful speech. Of course, our guest speaker. Very, very uplifting, uh, for sure. So, students are getting ready to take more pictures of the QR. Um, students that are fouling in now, they're getting ready to take more uh, QR code photos so hopefully they put it on their social media so that way you'll have access to it coming up next I'm gonna try to see if I can get the interviewers from the that organized the event of the protest coming up next on our spectacular podcast live from GGC stay tuned black trans women who have been murdered within the last 72 to 24 hours. Um, and it has not really gotten any news coverage because they are black transgender women. Uh, the black trans life expectancy is all of 35 years old. 35 is very, very young for any of us to see that that's as soon as that we could pass away. So it's even sooner for somebody finding out that their lives as a woman or as a male now is where they are and they barely get to experience it at that point. Um, as a black woman, I always say I'm an ally till I die. It is one of the first things I say on the first date. If that is not okay with you, then you are not the one for me. Because my ally does not just stop 
on my social media, it goes far beyond that. It goes out in the public. It goes in my, it will go in my marriage, it will go in my kids. It doesn't just stop with me, and it will never just stop with me. I'm very angry because I was very torn up um, the past few weeks with the situation with George Floyd. I literally had physical chest pains. I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, I didn't know what to do. All I could do was try to breathe. The one thing that most of them didn't get to do. Um, but the same feelings began to erode again when I see these two gorgeous young black women murdered and Dominique Spells, her legs were dismembered from her body before it was dumped by a river. And you don't see anything on the news about this. And we say black lives matter, but I feel like there's also the hidden subject of we also have to put in black trans lives matter because the LGBTQ is a very, very loving community. It is a gorgeous community, but it is something that we do leave out. And whether it's an intentional or not, we have to take accountability for the fact that whether this was our sister who decided she, who found out that she really was our brother or our brother who really found out she was our sister, she is still a part of us. She's still our same color. She will face the same discrimination that we experience when we leave this place. But we need to protect them just a little bit more. Um, for me, I felt, I felt like the girl, Ayana Dior, she was beaten on and jumped by 20 men in a convenience store. She's literally 20 years old. She's a gorgeous woman who was able to find out very young, so her transition is happening beautifully. And she just got her face beaten and bloodied by 20 men, whether regardless of the situation as to why they felt like they did it, she now has every right to feel for her life leaving out of wherever she goes. And I feel like we now need to take accountability for protection. Of course, um, as far as protecting others around you, it is difficult because you want to say you're not responsible for what other people do. A lot of people don't want to take accountability for what other people are doing, but it is my job to not only protect me, but to protect whoever I'm with because if they're with me, that means that I love them. If you're standing next to that person, that means that you love them and that you care about them. It doesn't just stop. You're not, it's not okay to only love on social media, but then that just ends up being wiped away once you come outside. If you're not able to say in the same breath that those trans lives matter, then you aren't really for what this is supposed to be about at the end of the day. And it needs to stop. 35 is way too young. Most women our age have their first babies at 35. That option has been taken completely away from these people. I pray that they actually come to justice and that people find them. But unfortunately, that was the 13th death to happen in the US for black trans women this, this year. And there's possibly hundreds more that have been undocumented. I believe another one was earlier this year where she was burned alive in her car. And these are happening, and people like to argue, oh, these are inner city areas just because you hear the word Detroit or you hear Chicago. This happens anywhere. Anywhere that you can see it, but you don't say something and you keep walking. This isn't going to go away. Black lives will always matter, and they always have mattered, just like someone said earlier. Black trans lives matter, and I don't want to see any more of them being buried in undocumented graves because no one can claim them. To find out that the person that you love died and you can only recognize them from their dental work because they've been dismembered, they've been burned, no one should have to look at a casket like that. Not at all. No one should have to be sent off in that way. And it's not right. And I'm really hoping that this is a change and those are the last two women that I have to cry for at this point because they deserve so much more. Thank you. Key Muhammad, the former Muslim Student Association president here at GGC, and I'm a black man who grew up here in Gwinnett. 
And I want to first start off with just saying thank you to everyone who's here. I mean, it's beautiful. I'm looking at, I'm looking at this crowd, and I see these different skin tones, different different origins, different hair textures, everything. And so, as black people, you know, we knew we were going to come out here. But what's really hitting me home is I'm seeing white people, and I'm seeing Asian people, and I'm seeing I'm seeing Indians and all of these different groups. Pakistanis, all of these different groups. And this is what Gwinnett is. That's why today is so important. This is what Gwinnett is. The way that we all came to get, you know, together, we did this. We did our little wobble out here, you know, we danced, we laughed together, we cried together. And this is this is our story. This is how we, you know, start these changes. This is how we we get this passion within ourselves, because we look at each other, uh, we look at each other. And we see ourselves, we see our family. And so growing up here as a black man in Gwinnett, you know, I feel I feel for sure close to every single one of you, but we can't ignore everything that's been happening. And that's why this is so crucial. When it comes to our history, all of our history, when we look back at it, we have to understand, you know, as was said, this is not new, this is not 2020. This has been happening for over 400 years. Throughout the world, in America, to here, to today, to in our families. And that is why I'm speaking now to highlight this. This is something that when I look at you all and I see my allies, I'm asking you, go home and talk to your family about this. Talk to your distant family about this. Because when you know some of these people hear my slang, hear my accent, hear my name, they don't listen to me. It's just like that. They don't see us as as credible. They don't see us as students here in Gwinnett and in, in this beautiful place. They don't see us as intermixed. They see us as foreign, something that they don't understand, something that they don't want to understand. You know, I'm a, I'm a history student. So when I think about, I remember when I learned during, during the antebellum period, you know, this is when slave masters and everything are around. Most white people did not own slaves. They didn't, or they didn't have, you know, the money for it. They were middle class. The rich people are the ones that who owned most of the slaves. But then why, why was there a war fought for this? You know, why, why are there white people who will stand to this day fighting for this? And it's because they've been promised that even if they didn't have a slave, they could, you know, eventually have one. They would always be, they will always be above black people. That's the promise that they've been given. And so we're at a point in our history now where we have these amazing white allies, these people who come out here, these people who will jump in front of the police for us, all of these things. And I'm asking you as allies to throw away that promise that they've been offering you for 400 years that you're always going to be greater than, than black people, than natives, than the Latinos. I'm asking you to come out here and really see us as eye to eye, you know, human to human. This is a beautiful turnout. Thank you all so much for this. But, you know, I'm saying, I'm a 6'4 black man. I'm a big black man. And I remember when Michael Brown was killed. This big black man, you know, whose hands are up, but he's a threat. He's scary. You know, he's, he's seen as, seen as, 
this this crazy, you know, like giant. And I was the same age as him. I believe we were we were 14 that year. You know, this is our generation. So I remember that moment and thinking that could be me. That could be me, you know, through the streets of Gwinnett. That could that could be me just as as the first speaker said, uh, speaker said, you know, this is any circumstance. You have to be aware of these things. And so I just want y'all to understand this is not today, just today. This is not just 2020. This is 400 years in the making. And and together, we're going to keep pushing on this until it's rightfully, you know, set in place, until the situation is justified, until we have our justice that we've been asking for. Thank you, everyone, so much. Thank you so much for coming out here. Thank you, thank you. Uh, the words from my friend Akeem. Um, I've been friends with him ever since I moved into the same neighborhood when we were kids. We went to the same elementary school. We were one of the few black people who lived in our neighborhood, which was mainly white at the time. We had a large Asian population as well, but I wouldn't say that we experienced racism as, as kids. And uh, as I got older, I started to realize that I was blessed to be in the bubble of Gwinnett with loving people where my next door neighbors are looking after me. Um, I never had to worry about walking down the street late at night because it was a community, which is the way that it should be. Now, as I got older, I would say it was about, I was about 15 years old, about to get my driver's permit. And uh, I had to have a conversation with my mother. And she was telling me about how I have to be a lot more careful than other people, other races, when it comes to being on the road and how I handle certain situations. She was trying to steer me away from even being in situations like, situations that could lead down the wrong path. So every time I'm pulling over for a ticket, she said, hey, Jalen, I want you to call me. Let me know you've been pulled over. Cooperate. And we'll, we'll, we'll handle everything else later. And it hurts my heart that other kids just like me going through the same situation, trying their best to steer it in the right direction. And it, it, it an unfortunate turn of events, I, I would call it. But it's, as Akeem said, it's 400 years in the making. I was 17, 18 years old when I started to do my research. And I started to see how it's not all people at all. But it is a select few who are at the top of this system and the black man has fallen victim to it. So we have to come together as a people. I think this is very special because we have, again, all nationalities, creeds, skin colors, races together. The world is watching and I think we need to move forth. But I say all this to say, it's very, it, it, it's very strong that we're together and I want everyone to stay politically active. Go vote. If you haven't voted, there's absentee ballots that you can fill out. Um, but we gotta stay connected and we gotta do it for love at the end of the day. It's about love. Because if we love one another, then we don't have to worry about violence. All right? So thank you so much for coming out and uh, I appreciate the opportunity and I uh, hope everyone stays safe given their current conditions.
name is Michael Boa. Um, I'm a uh, psych student here at UGC. And, uh, you know, I was kind of nervous coming up here, uh, but a lot of people before me, especially one of my um, friends from uh, high school, Taylor, who came up to here to speak earlier, gave me the motivation to, you know, come out and speak on some things that I have experienced throughout this um, situation. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of a personal story. Um, before I came here today, um, I was talking with my grandmother about, oh, I'm going to a protest at my school. You know, it's, it's going to be safe. You know, we're on campus, all that and everything. So it's going to be fine. And she told me, don't go. And I was like, why? Why should I not go? She's like, because you know how these protests are. You know how these things are. People are, they're, 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 they're being arrested. People are being hurt. And I, I'm just looking out for you guys. And I was like, I know. I know, Grandma. But it's exactly that reason why I need to go. Because I can't sit here and every single time I've pulled over for some, some silly ticket, some silly stop or whatever, I have to realize that, oh, if that cop is white, am I going to make it out of this alive? Other kids that get pulled over, they don't have to worry about that. They're like, oh, it's just some silly ticket. Oh, it's just something or whatever. I'm just going to tell the guy that I'm good, I'm good, everything's fine, or maybe you'll arrest me or whatever, and I'll go to jail, and then maybe I'll get bailed out, whatever. But I have to realize that because of this color of my skin, I have to think about the fact that if I'm going to survive that encounter with that cop right then and there, that's not a thought anybody should have. Nobody. All of our lives right here matter. But all of our lives do not matter until black lives matter. That is what that statement means. It does not mean that anybody's life here is less than a black life. It means that until our lives start to matter, that we cannot sit here and waste our attention on all these other situations because this right here is the most important situation that we need to deal with. There is no reason that we're gonna sit here and turn a blind eye when 50 states, all 50 states, when's the last time all 50 states did anything together? It's been a long ass time. All 50 states together have protests and countries around the world are protesting because we have decided that this, this is the peak, this is the crescendo of a situation that we have endured for far too long and we are done. And so we're gonna stand up for what is right. Our lives matter and that's it. Now there are ways we can do this. I'm not saying go out there and destroy property. I'm not saying go out there and hump people of a different skin color down. I don't have to sit here. I shouldn't have to sit here and talk to my friend on the phone who was scared because he saw in his neighborhood, another white man, because my friend is white, he saw another white man get gunned down by black people in, in, in his neighborhood, talking about some, we'll come kill you crackers, all these things, or whatever and everything. That shouldn't be a thing. We shouldn't take this opportunity and squander it on situations like that, where we're angry at other people of a different color. We need to come together as one to fight for what is right, to fight for our basic human rights. And speaking of human rights, I've also been seeing in the news about the fact that Trump just signed into law something that is very, very, very controversial. It is the, 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 the they basically inserted a gray area into places like hospitals and healthcare where trans people and uh, people of the LGBTQ community, they may not receive healthcare based on whatever the, uh, the hospital deems right or wrong. That gray area should not have to exist, especially after all the things that we've put in place to protect these people. All of us matter. And so we need to fight for all our rights together. Not divisive, but together. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say. Thank you.
somebody behind me here screaming out, go and vote. So I hope you all registered to vote. And even if the line is long, guys, you know, stay in the line. <laughs> okay. What's going on, everyone? Thank you all for coming out. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, I think my word for the day that I would give to everybody here is the word enough. I came here, but I didn't want to have to come here. The reason we're here is because there are a group of people that are being treated unfairly. Now, here today, we're here for black lives. And I appreciate you all for coming here to fight for black lives. But we have to remember that it is black lives, but it's, it is all lives, even though we're focusing on black lives. So once we've conquered this fight, you go to the next fight and then the next, and you carry the same word, and that word should be enough. When I was little, my mom told me that man looks on the outside and that the only person that will focus on my inside is God. I didn't understand what she meant until one day I was walking. Uh, I had just a regular outfit on. I was at the store. I come out the store and I'm walking along the sidewalk and there was a Caucasian female who took one look at me and switched to a completely different sidewalk. Now, I had never met her before. I don't think, I mean, I'm not six foot, I'm not too threatening. But what she saw was the color of my skin and that was enough for her to switch. It shouldn't have to get to this for us to say enough. But I thank you all for seeing that it is, that we've had enough and for coming here to fight. I believe in equality and value for every life. And it is unfortunate, extremely unfortunate for those we have already lost. The numbers, they keep showing up to me. The numbers keep stacking up to me. I think we should take a look at those numbers, stop them and say, this is enough. No more killings. No more black men afraid to go outside of their homes. I've had enough, and I hope you guys have too. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. Um, as a student at GGC, um, and I... I really wanted to get something together and I really wanted to um, have something at the school because this school represents and boasts a lot about the diversity that we have here. Um, and I feel like it wouldn't have been right if we didn't do anything collectively as a school about like what's going on. Um, um, so I really wanted to hear like most schools say something, hopefully, 
Um, and I was really waiting on our president um, to say something as well, because I feel like it's only right to call out um, places where, you know, we put in our money. Um, collectively, we put in our money to go here, attend here, and feel respected and feel like a community. And we, we talk a lot about community and diversity, and I feel like we should definitely um, continue that and keep it pushing. Like, we shouldn't, like, ignore it, and we shouldn't, like, toss it to the side when it really matters, especially right now. Um, I feel like... I stayed quiet for a little while only because I was scared to speak out, but then I realized that my voice really matters and that my privilege um, can go a long way. So if you, if you don't understand politics or if you don't understand what's going on, there are multiple movies, books, stuff you can read and watch and intake in order to understand what's going on. And if you're still staying silent, it is an issue. And it is a huge problem. And if you're not educating people outside of social media, because I promise you, your grandmother doesn't have an Instagram to view your story, or see that little black box you posted on the day of Blackout Tuesday, that's not enough, okay? Go out, educate your family, educate your friends, talk about not only equality, but equity. Because more people need, like, some people need more than others. And equality isn't enough for everybody. Because some people, okay, I'll use this example. I'm like decently average height, right? But a six foot man is taller than me. If you give him a ladder versus give me a, a stool, right, or a ladder, yeah. If you give both of us a ladder, he'll still be taller than me, correct? Right, okay. Um, so therefore, I will probably need something bigger in order to reach him, right? That was a very bad analogy, I'm so sorry. But you know, you get the point, right? Okay, cool. So that's what I'm saying. So go out and educate people not only on equity, but... I mean, not only on equality, but equity as well. And use your voice. And even if you're not black, that doesn't mean you, you have to stay silent because it's not um, a white issue or an Asian issue or a Bengali issue. Speak out because our voices matter and they need to be heard. So use them, be an ally, not only on Instagram, not only on your social media, but outside in the real world where it matters. Thank you. Oh. I'm back. Anyways, um, so uh, one of the things that we wanted to do during this protest was get on the lawn and um, uh, lay down and um, say I can't chant I can't breathe for the duration of time that George Floyd was held down. Um, so if you guys can all join me to the lawn area and we can start that as soon as um, possible, and then we can march. Yay! All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, powerful words from our speakers. Now, this is the moment that I, you know told you guys about on the podcast it is the eight minute for those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far 
Thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right. So, like I mentioned before, it is the eight-minute tribute to George Floyd. Now, students are gathering up to the GGC lawn now to, of course, participate in this great event. Um, very impactful with the speeches um, hopefully you guys enjoyed of course not only my speech but a lot of other speeches at the school of GGC so, so students are calling in for the 8 minute Lay down, and I'm gonna try to see if I can get a picture of it um, because it, it, this this part is very important. Uh, this really it's very impactful as they stop the music and uh, of course we've got Ricardo Bennett, <laughs> RD. Yes, sir. Yeah, advisor. I'm with it. Yeah, I'm here. Happy to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. Here. First yeah. ever podcast for the first ever protest. Right. That's pretty big, bro. Uh, quickly, I mean, we, we're the first school to do it yeah. at GGC. And like I mentioned in, in my speech and mm -hmm. other speeches before me, uh, first school to do it. Um, tell me a little bit real quick. What, what, I mean, you spent, said some very powerful words uh, today, I, you know, with your speeches, not only uh, with the protest, but, you know, just yes, really yeah. honoring, um, you know, George Floyd and fighting against police, uh, police brutality. But um, right. what do you think about the, you know, the, the impactfulness that the students are projecting now? Uh, with the protest today? Um, I think it's really dope, man, that they could actually just come together themselves mm -hmm. um, for two, three young leaders actually in the community um, to where they saw a need to bring it to GGC. And to be honest, to, for us to be the newest, really four-year college here mm -hmm. in the state of Georgia, for them to even come out and say, hey, we need to have a protest and we need to do something that mm -hmm. shows support. Um, it's pretty dope, man, especially in the hub of Atlanta or close to Atlanta mm -hmm. um, in this type of county where a lot of racism goes on. Mm -hmm. um, it's just crazy to see that, um, how it's taking place and how it's happening. And even for us to be here to even cover it on the podcast or even just to be here to support it, it's just kind of dope, man, to see how they're taking an impact and they want to change, you know, for the future generations for sure. That's enough said. But, I mean, powerful <laughs> words there, Bakari. As you can see, you can hear it. Hopefully you guys are hearing it here. The I Can't Breathe chance. Yeah. That was the, you know, the, the words that everyone listened to and they heard and they, you know, cried in sorrow about it. So, uh, Bakari, thank you for, for the interview. Hey, uh, I'm going to go join out there and uh, try to get some sounds of what's going on. My God, thank you. Thank you, Bakari. Bakari Bitten, y'all, ladies and gentlemen.
speeding up just a little bit so that way I can capture. GDCPD is no the leading our wall, ladies and gentlemen. No peace! No peace! No peace! I can't breathe! 
Crossing over 316 now, ladies and gentlemen, as we march. As we get punkers from the actual highway, ladies and gentlemen, for support for our GGC community, we are grizzly strong. More hunkers from the highway. Took a brief stop to see how many hunks can we get. Grizzly strong.
time. What's happening?
Just like that, ladies and gentlemen, the peaceful march has come to a conclusion. Now, it's a little bit hard to talk on a microphone because <laughs> quite exhausted, but <laughs> it was a good peaceful walk. Of course, we started at the lawn. We walked through uh, the intersection of the science building through the A building. And we went up through the fitness center, or health center, down to the bridge where you guys can see it on our Instagram story, where we've, um, we've did the, of course, across the bridge of 316, we had a lot of people honk, a lot of people, a lot of Lawrenceville natives that honk, so that was pretty uh, impressive. It's fantastic. And ladies and gentlemen, this will conclude the peaceful protest. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the Instagram live that we've done. We've done about three separate episodes. Um, I want to thank all the three, uh, Nora, Nohan, and Natan, <laughs> three ends there, um, for putting together a wonderful protest. I want to thank you, all three of them on the podcast for letting, for allowing me to not only podcast, but to speak on it. Um, and as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe, stay grizzly strong, and continue to fight for human rights, and always believe that black lives matter. Till the next podcast, I'm Kennedy Patterson, go Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah, yeah.